And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, here to cover all things e-commerce, Amazon, startups. We're going to get into all of it. Um, this episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Canva, where you go to collaborate and create amazing graphic design for free, whether it's a presentation to share an idea, a video to launch your business, or a social post to start a conversation. With Canva, you can design anything. Discover the magic of visual communication and how Canva helps you create a lasting impact today. Visit canva.com. Today's guest, uh, you know, the title of our episode is called How to Maximize a Business Exit, but I think we're going to talk about Amazon. We're going to talk a little bit about Airbnbs. We're going to talk about balancing partnerships. We were we were chatting a little bit before the show as usual and immediately saw we have so many synergies. Um, so Josh Dietrich, welcome to the show. Andrew, thanks. Glad to be here. Let's chat. Yeah. Love, to, love to connect. Yeah, uh, you were just in Kansas City. I'm, I'm upset we didn't meet each other before, so I could have taken you out for a coffee or barbecue or something. But right. um, we're in the Midwest. So I'm sure it's going to happen. It'll be again, another time. So. It'll be another time. Yep. Awesome. Well, um, as always, I like to get in to know the founder, the CEO, the guest, um, your story, you know, because I think uh, it's the it's the founder's story that really creates the business that they're in, you yeah. know, and that's not always the case, but a lot of times it is. And there's a reason for that. And so um, I would love for you to just share you're in Minneapolis. Like, you know, did you start there? Where did you first decide, you know, you're going to be uh, an entrepreneur, or a business owner? Um, was it something you're born into or is it something you found later? Um, where's it start? Yeah, great, great question. So I grew up in a small town in Iowa, just about an hour from Minnesota and knew of this magical place in Minneapolis, you know, or, or Minneapolis. And in and, and, and the town that I grew up in, it was pretty normal to just leave the town and go to college and start your life. Right. And so naturally I wanted to go to the cities and kind of start there. Um, I had a passion at the time for video broadcasting, thinking I was going to be doing, you know, behind the scenes video editing. And, and I was very interested in that creative side, uh, quickly realized, you know, long-term, you know, mo being in that space was going to be, uh, not, not the path I desired. And so I got connected early on into, into sales. I was selling in Best Buy stores, found an opportunity to go to Best Buy corporate. Okay. Um, and, and really there just learned about business. Like, oh, I'm this video broadcasting guy that all of a sudden realizes he can build relationships and make money based on relationships and closing deals. This is great. And along this way, Andrew, it's like this thing in my head, like entrepreneurship. Like, I don't even know what that means. I didn't care. I grew up with a father that was a business owner and a grandfather that was a business owner. And so I write this in my book. We can get into that later. But the, the quick observation was my dad didn't make enough money, but was always home. And so what kind of entrepreneur is that? Like not desirable. And then I had a grandfather who paid for everything all the time and did very well, but was never around, worked mm -hmm. too much. Right. So, so where, where does that, what does that even mean? Like to be an entrepreneurship, you're like making a choice or trading things. So for me, I, I realized, Hey, I have some skills. I'm going to focus on those skills, develop and understand business and see where it goes. And then I started getting the itch in my early twenties about 
there's got to be a better way than working for the man forever. I don't want to retire at 60. This is ridiculous. Like mm. I got to, I got to build something. I got to create something. I, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm going to do it. Right. So eBay dabbling on, you know, importing things from China that may or may not have been authentic, you know, uh, jerseys, P90Xs, selling these, you know, wherever I could. Um, Facebook at Best Buy to. at the time, and this is kind of like you're just yes. like trying these things on the side. Okay, exactly side hustle ideas, right? But I met this guy while I was at Best Buy corporate. He was a customer of mine. He was a you know uh, an Inc. 500 fastest growing company, small little e-commerce business at three million dollars, but they've been basically doubling every year since inception. Um, and and so at the time we met up, he was a customer buying water filters for me at Best Buy, and it was fascinating because I realized. He was just one of my, you know, six or seven water filter customers. I built a business model at Best Buy selling these filters because I was a B2B sales guy. So I could sell anything that Best Buy had to businesses. So this guy turns out to be, you know, Inc. 500 e-commerce business only an hour away from me. About a, about an hour and a half was where his warehouse was. So I said, hey, is a customer. I'm going to go down there. We're going to meet him. He's a musician. I'm going to bring my drums. We're going to play. And he showed me this 20,000 square foot warehouse you know, it's just a small section with his product in it. He's like, we're going to fill this thing up. I said, you mean like we, like you need my help? He's like, well, yeah, like how are we going to do this? And so it became a new side hustle with him that I was able to sell water filters from him to all these other guys I was selling water filters to at Best Buy. And so I ran a side hustle business from three and a half million, his revenue to 5.4 million. And he said, Josh, good growth. Let's go full time. Let's double down. Let's go all in. And so the rest was history. I started in May and we went from, you know, 5.4 million to 10.3. And that's where I learned everything about e-commerce, Andrew. I mean, I packed my bags. I, I drove a hundred miles one way to go work for this guy in this warehouse and uh, basically to be sales and had no knowledge of e-commerce. So this is in 2010, 12 years ago, dabble it on eBay, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But I, I, I said, I want to learn, learn PPC, learn Amazon, learn SEO, learn you know, affiliate marketing, all gamuts across traditional e-com. And even Amazon then was more about buy box management, right? When was that? What time was that? So 2010, 2010. 2010. We weren't even selling on Amazon. In fact, the next year, um, I had been pursuing, how do I get into Amazon Vendor Central? Because I don't want to compete for the buy box anymore. Mm. I have a great pricing. I have great access to supply. Let's sell to Vendor Central. So we built a $10 million Vendor Central business. In parallel to that, we were building an Amazon private label brand. So we ended up growing that business from $3 million to fifty, million, which is basically where I learned all things business, right? And that's really where I grew up cutting my teeth. Um, and But along the way, I said, I'm building someone else's business. Thanks for the paycheck. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I've learned and grown, but I can go do this for myself now. And so I, I began a new side hustle, which was my, my brand. We started a brand in 2015 called Essential Values. We grew that from zero to 10 million in sales uh, in about five years and then sold it last year for 10 million bucks to uh, Elevate Brands. Congratulations. Uh, I know Elevate Brands and all them guys pretty well. So Yeah, they're awesome dudes. Whether it's conferences or speaking together, TJ um, was connected with him even before he was at Elevate. So some some good guys and one of the aggregators that I think is doing it right. Uh, I'll just give them a little shout out. I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but you know they're they're they've got a lot of different models from things like paying in crypto to things like you know keeping the owners and the founders on for that earnout. I think that's a really smart move as aggregators kind of learn the ropes, you know, to keep yep. those founders on. And so some of the stuff they're really doing, they're really educating. They're not saying they're not telling everyone to sell, and um, 
yeah, yeah just it's a good, good overall group. thing yeah and also um congrats on the exit that's a really big deal uh huge win uh to build something in what five years time or yeah. i guess five years time six years and, and um, when we started building that andrew we, we had no idea it was going to be an asset you know that was going to be valuable at the time people weren't building and growing and selling amazon no one's businesses. paying attention to our no world. one's paying attention right but so that model started, but through that journey, we, we acquired another business for 750 grand, a traditional e-com business with some B2B and some Amazon, uh, grew that over two years, um, and, and sold it for two and a half million. And so this is kind of the space we've been in now, like the exit pay space. How do you take a brand digitally, grow it, build value, and then exit it. And, and so we're doing that now and we're helping other clients do that. And if it wasn't for our own experiences, you know, we wouldn't be able to share and help others and so we're very grateful for that and, and pretty awesome deals but if no, i think um, back yeah li live in the same world really you know on the yeah. other side here in kansas city um i've worked for a lot of companies you know and i still want to be the best agency in space i'll be honest with you i'm shooting for the very top nothing less um not necessarily in size not in revenue not any of that just i just want to be the best right <laughs> um so I want to do the best work. I want to have the best results. I want to have people saying, hey, I want to work with those guys. They, yeah. they do amazing. everything they touch, they win. You know, that's that's what I'm going for. I'm having fun doing it. Um, the M&A side is a huge part of that, right? So some of the business we're even getting is to prepare for exit. Some of it I'm building my own um, to be able to control kind of all the switches. Uh, and I've vertically integrated from fulfillment and warehousing to design to, you know, you talk about A plus content, the storytelling, how important that is for brands to get that right, you know, and you learn these along the way. Like for me, I think I, so I've been in the Amazon space 11 years. You might have me by a couple of years, um, fell into it. I was at a startup employee number three, they were doing car parts. They, you know, we put all those parts up online, did over a million in sales. Car parts weren't online. Like there weren't descriptions. They were just like part numbers and prices. And, I grew up in know. that same era, man. Like make it up. No UPCs, right? Like, yeah. Now we're cleaning it up. Yep. Right. Now we're, we're cleaning literally cleaning up. up the work that we did, the work that we started years ago, um, you know, making it better now, but it was just getting product up and it became that buy box. Like people talk about the buy box, buy box, buy box. I'm like, I'm playing it. I want to play a different game than you guys. Oh, I don't no even doubt. want to deal with the buy box. No doubt. So it was just for fun, just to bring you down memory lane. It was vendor express model. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, so, uh, oh, yeah. you know, brand registry one was have a website that yep. just, you could show it as an example to, to have a brand. Now you reach some sellers that are six, seven figure sellers now, eight figure sellers. And they just have this brand. It's like, you know, a non-working landing page. And people are like, why is your D to C site look like this? You're like, yeah. well, because if you remember, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> Dude, uh, I totally did the same thing. You know, same thing, build the Shopify cart. Cause I said, if I'm going to put time in building some kind of product page, I might as well build it into a cart and maybe try to sell the items, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's what we had. We had a simple checkout or a simple click through to Amazon, you know, yep. at the time. And then, you know, the trademark process was nine months at the yep. time when Dude, we switched it. Totally. So it was like, oh my God. And let, if these brands aren't wanting to talk about trademark or don't have one, I don't want to work with them because I don't want to deal with these buy box issues. I just want to be able to s sell an amazing product you and have it. SEO work and all, all that. All the same stuff, man. Absolutely. It's cool when you when you go back and you can remember those details with some folks because a lot of times this stuff is glossed over, glazed over, and it just it's good because we've evolved, right? But the, the game was harder, but it's still hard. Right. So yeah. was it harder then than it is now? I think it's still harder now because we didn't have people telling us it was hard because no one was talking about it. So in some ways it was like uh, just, you know, you're in your own little basement, figuring you're in your own out, little brother. silo, yeah. figuring it out. And I've, I've honestly been drawing the color, the correlation or the connection to like, 
even playing video games as a kid when like you know compute pcs at home and like the the game consoles were first coming out like those video games were really hard like yeah. there was no streaming right we would sit around i would sit around with a couple of guys we'd play these strategy games like you just played it for hours and hours and you hours could only figure it, it out with your brain and and yeah and sometimes you could buy a, a paperback book and they give you a couple cheats in there right and and sometimes you could break through but yeah, man, I remember can't... hating doing that. Like there's a couple times Jeez. I think on Zelda or something where I yeah. needed help with the water temple. But like <laughs> in general, it was like you call up a couple of your buddies, you're going to have a game night and you take yeah. turns to try and play you that level and get through yep. it. Right. And I think that that kind of paved the way a little bit in regards to like the mindset around Amazon, the algorithms, like SEO with e-commerce. Like there was no book. We were just gamifying it. You know, it felt like that to me. It's actually a really good analogy because, I mean, that's really the West, right? The wild, wild West is really, there's no rules. And, you know, it, it's just this now, this age is so into information and, and the access and the speed in which we get it. Like, like you can have experts that have never sold on Amazon now, right? You can watch YouTube after YouTube after YouTube, but like, does that mean you've done it? Well, is it, does it matter if you know it or done it? Well, if you've done it and it's expired, does it still mean you know it? Like, is it relevant, right? So it, it means you have to continue to evolve. And so even after we sold our brand, we immediately started another one because we need to stay relevant. Yep. And now instead of being profitable month one, we're, you know, the first year we lost on this brand, we created basically one year ago, we've already lost about 200 grand. We've invested in, in PPC, bottom line. And, and normally that would be, you know, a pretty quick return on investment. Like when we first started, you could give away products, get free reviews in exchange. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're selling dozens and hundreds of units per day or whatever. So crazy times, man. But yeah, it changes. Me. I mean, I, I, I love e-com. Like I love e-commerce. I'm not just a business builder. So for me, I just love that it's leveled the playing field to make the best man win, best man or woman win. Like, you know, it really is about just knowing how to do it. And like, you know, so for me, I still stay, I knew that I wouldn't be able to stay up on everything. So I built mm -hmm. a team. That was kind of my method. And I didn't want to be sitting on an island in Bali by myself. I Dude, just, I get it. I'm a team so player. So <laughs> I, I want to be part of a team, you know? So it was like, look, I'm not going to be the best at graphic design or storytelling or SEO sales, copywriting, you know? So it's like, there is okay, someone that you can find that is the best. Yeah, exactly. Or if we're going to stay up to date, like on all this stuff continually to build enough to build an agency, it's like, I'm going to need help because this stuff changes fast. And so the way that I've really stayed connected is one, talking to people like you all day, every day, and, you know, just learning about what's out there, what's going on, what's going on off Amazon, what's doing well in D2C. But then also I still uh, keep my hands very involved in the PPC mm -hmm. on our team. Just, I feel like a PPC is kind of the lifeblood. It's the data, it's the validating, it's all of that, you know, so staying up to like, as far as what I still touch in the team, it's the PPC side um, and we're brand building from scratch, you know, so um, it's super cool to talk to somebody else that just knows, you know, there's probably a couple hundred of us maybe and yeah, worldwide, I think that it's a rare, rare that, amount, I think that are at least out there talking about it or like, yeah. you know, doing anything with it. So talk to me about, so you've exited two and you're building one now that you've invested in. Um, you just doing one at a time. Like, kind of, are you, are you working with others? Like what's really your, your, your passion and sweet spot right now? Yeah, so we, we technically we had three businesses before we sold the two. So we kept one, which was more of a, a traditional like promotional products company. Like, you know, you print logos and brands on apparel and giveaways and what what that evolved to an e-commerce storage fulfillment business with some marketing. Mm. And so we, we sort of merged that into what we know how to do, which is um, you know, essentially taking brands that are either 
in the beginning stages or medium stages, or even considering the big picture of selling, growing and selling and, and aiding them along the way. And, and a model has changed where instead of just servicing clients now for promotional, all aspects of e-commerce, so multi-channel fulfillment, storage, inventory management. So like after we sold to Elevate, they rehired us back to run all of their operations. And so, you know, we just got our first earnout payment, which was really cool because it was almost like a double dip because we got paid to make yourself last work. year to manage that business, right? And and so it's it's become a model we really love. We have a, a warehouse of 27,000 square feet. Wow. We run everything into our building, then cross stock there. Obviously, then refill FBA, UK, Canada, all these different marketplaces, we do multi-channel pick. Um, but we do pallets, pallets in, pallets out, right? So our business models evolved from being the customer, focusing on the customer as on Amazon to servicing a customer who is the brand owner, right? Different mindset, as you know, but here's the cool part. Those opportunities aren't just contractual where we're helping, we're helping. We're able to build with them in many cases, as we talked earlier. There there are so many people we talk to by going out and getting the word out about what we do. It's just, do you want someone who has your best interest at heart? Or how do you know if they're your best interest at heart, right? And there's a lot of things out there when you think about brokers, when you think about buyers, like there's an angle. And and we're trying to demystify the process. And, and so two scenarios happened last year when we sold our business. One, we hired a, a broker. And it was okay. It was probably less than desirable at the end of the day by by the two hundred fifty grand we paid, right? That the ten percent we paid on that deal versus the large ten million dollar deal. We didn't use a broker. I ran a full process, reached out to thirty aggregators, and and literally ran a process and paid no commission, right? And so part of this education in this book is around maximizing your own value, or basically come down in, come coming down to being the best operator. Right. And understanding your business, understanding the numbers and the PL, but the things you can do to influence that. Like if you're going to sell in the next six to 12 months, every dollar is worth four to five dollars right now. Right. So you waste a dollar on, on investment for things that aren't going to return now. You're literally throwing away four dollars for every one. So having that mindset and thinking about everything I'm doing now, is it going to be turn, return value today or in the long term? You have to decide. So like if you're in a business, right, that's new product development, like ours was, we have this, you have this ramp up period, right? Where you're, you start a product. It's not fully mature until at least, you know, sometimes three months, sometimes nine months, sometimes a year and a half, depending on the competitiveness of the market. And we knew that, that there was going to be long-term upside. And, and so you know, all of these things are important, but yeah. So we invest, we buy, we partner, um, we contract, all those things, right? And, and really, just about helping others and in, in leverage our skill set. Yeah. Let me talk to the flip side of that. Um, just like some some things I've seen from my side. You know, in some ways, I have no control over brands we're working with that exit. You know, in some cases, I do. I've I've been crushing it with brands, and then they exit, and then I'm I'm like, oh my god, we were winning together. You know what happened? So for me, it's it's learning that process. It's like, okay, what can I learn from them? What went bad? They're in the, they're, I can tell the ones that are in lean mode, trying to prepare to exit, you know, and things like that. Um, before I go into that side, a, a reminder, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Canva. With Canva, you can design your ideas with ease, get inspired with over 500,000 free templates and a rich content library that helps you and your team achieve your goals. Sign up and start designing for free at canva.com. You know, as an agency, um, in this time frame, I've been approached to exit, of course, like, you know, that's happening 
everywhere. Just as much as the brands, they need the people that know how to build the brands and, and know how to execute on Amazon at a high level. And then a team, you can't hire fast enough. So mm-hmm. your team becomes very valuable. Um, but in some cases, you know, I've had agency colleagues, um, you know, other agency owners, um, you know, they're chasing that exit or they've got that exit in front of them and, and they're losing clients. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of those clients are coming to me, you know, um, because they're, they're like, okay, I don't want to invest in here. I don't want to invest in here. I need to get butts and seats. I need to hit these numbers, you know, so that I can get four or five X on my dollar. Um, so there's some of that happening, right? There's brands that to me, it's when they don't, basically it's like they want to sell, but if it doesn't work out, they won't. Right. Exactly, or it's like, right. if they, um, they're a brand that's like, well, we might sell if the price is right, but if not, we're going to keep doing our thing. And it's those ones that are kind of 50, 50 or even 70, 30 or 80, well, 20. But isn't that everything right? Being a little opportunistic because timing, it's impossible to time it. We, we were that same boat, Andrew. It's like when we started the process of selling in last January, we were like, well, let's see what we can get. And we were blown away by the feedback, right? So 30 contacts, 13, uh, 20 some conversations, 13 highly interested in six offers, right? So same conversation. We weren't planning to sell at all. Um, but half in, half out is, is can be good because it allows for flexibility. The best time to sell is when you don't need to. I would agree. And I would agree like with a job, with whatever. Um, and I'm more in that boat than anything. I'd probably say I'm like a, you know, I'm a 60-40 or a 70-30. Like, give me the right offer. Um, but I haven't been building my agency for, for an EBITDA uh, exit. Right. You know, I've right. been building right. my agency to be the best effing agency in the space right. and compete with anyone. Um, so it's a different mindset. Yeah. If all of a sudden I switch and I'm distracted by, hey, 10 million in my pocket would be amazing because this work right now sucks. You, you stop focusing on what you have to do and you miss both sides. Your agency starts to slip and you're not going to get the exit because, you know, you weren't there. So for me, I'm seeing brands that are like losing a little bit of focus there. Like I'm just saying, like, once you decide, you know, it doesn't have to be like a now thing. It could be something that you're like 12 months out or, or 18 months out and you're planning for that. But when you lose the focus. Cause it can be very distracting to all of a sudden picture yourself not having to do some of the, the bullshit that we have to do. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. No, you're um, right about that. I think people completely underestimate the time and effort spent. And, and just to be clear, the three months I spent to me was worth 800 grand savings on a brokerage. Right. So that's a good ROI of my time probably. But the flip side of that is I was only able to do that because I had a solid team, right? Yeah. The entire day-to-day business was operating without me. So in, in your case, right, it, it would be a distraction if I have to shift over here and start changing and process documentation, like all those things were happening in the background, right? Because they needed to. So you, you're absolutely right. And, and that's the challenge when you think about whatever you're doing, you have to be focused to eat today, but you need to make sure that you're building long-term value. And the question is then if you're doing any sort of investment, just make sure you're making smart investment moves, which means if this is going to take x dollars to get it to rank you better you better be aware that those x dollars aren't worth the return if you're going to put that effort in now and you're going to sell in six months so let's just rethink that think thinking a little bit more long game yeah yep now i'd also just say that like look almost all these deals the terms involve some kind of earnout where you know after the two years of selling it or five years of selling whatever the case might be you know you're going to get payments on that so handing over a business that's healthy and running really well is in your best interest interest you know so not you're not running it till it's dead and there's no stock and you're handing it over with no inventory and you're trying to like you know get every dollar out of it that's not really the plan that's not the best move you know so staying extremely focused on the business if you can't step out of it um is paramount, I think, to getting the most value, you know, when you're trying to when you're trying to exit is is 
leave it in the best way possible. Yep. Yep. And that's the cool part, right? As you think about now, um, if you're not, what happens is out of nowhere, this idea to sell can come right and the market could, could get hot like it did last year, which means if you don't have the trademark and if you haven't had your books in order, right. And if you hadn't been thinking about investing in advertising the right way, you've been thinking about long-term, long-term, and now all of a sudden you want to sell, you just have to be careful that it might not be the best time, even though it's a great time in the market. It depends on your business, your energy, your ability, right? And so we talk a lot about this. And, and for me, man, even the hardest part was after we sold the business, like, you know, clear communication to the team, the transition plan, like, you know, we lost probably three or four staff just because we weren't super clear in communications. And so all of these things, there can be fallout from it, you know, and then you have to make sure that the brand operates. So are they, is the team that just bought you going to continue to jump in and, and they're going to run into bottlenecks. So, you know, all of these things have to be, have to be considered. Let's talk about, let's talk about your book a little bit. You alluded to it. Um, I haven't read it full disclosure, but I would love to read it. Uh, let's talk about your book. Is it something you just put out? Is it something you put out after the first exit or the second exit or what kind of pushed you to say, Hey, I want to get some of, you know, what I know, what I've learned out there to, to everybody else that's going through this. It happened after we closed last year, um, we were working with Elevate quite closely and they had some PR opportunities and they obviously were investing in their own PR. And so part of it was them them hiring a content agency and a PR group to, to get more articles published and build a brand. And so I was, I was sucked into some of those and opportunities through relationships. I was able to then speak at the Prosper conference at, you know, one of the round tables about exits to, a, to an aggregator. I was able to get into a Forbes article, which is pretty cool. Um, but the, the key one that really got me interested was I actually got a full feature in Business Insider about the process I ran selling my business and saving 800 grand, not hiring a broker. And that had so much feedback and just excitement for me that I realized this was a lot bigger than me, right? That there are other, other people like me that aren't me that I could, whether I sell a copy or not, this is something worth talking about. I, I'm basically giving it away at 99 cents. Um, you know, I'm not expecting to make money. I, I hired a ghost writer. It's very professionally done, but my hope is to help others. And along the way, I'm hoping that they, they may need some help from myself. Right. And so, um, and I, and I love to help those. And some of those just become investment opportunities. How about I invest in you and we'll work together to grow the value together, kind of like you've described. And, and some of those partnerships are really killer, really killer model for win-win on both sides. And so we're trying to do things different. We're not just, we're not an agency. We are a really, really fine-tuned machine that operates on the operations side and the marketing side for a very small set of clients, right? We yeah. can't take on dozens of clients. We can only take on four to eight a year. That's it. That's it. So, you know, I think to your point about the book, I wrote it for that reason to help others. And along the way, it really is a lead gen tool because whether I have a conversation or we just get connected on LinkedIn, people ultimately um, are the relationships that drive opportunities. So uh, for me, that's the win-win, right? And even opportunities to speak with you, you know, and that's part of the reason I'm on the show is just talking about um, the space that we're in and, and how does that work? I love it. I love it. And, and a book is definitely in my future as well. I'm always like, where do I start? There's so much to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my personal story alone. And then like the Amazon journey, you know, I've worked with probably 300 brands since I started. So there's a lot of failures in there. You know, there's a lot of wins, like um, just a lot of learnings to share, you know, a lot of stories that I think um, 
you know, my personal brand, I have a hashtag. I've had it for probably eight years. I don't know, maybe longer, like watch me work. And, uh, it's not a, it's not behind your wall there. Yeah. That's close. Watch yeah. us work. Yeah. That's, that's the team one, you know, uh, team one, yeah. because as a team, it's marknology. It's like, watch us work. We are like, you know, we're blue collar here out of Kansas city. We do, we work really hard. Um, but we're doing amazing things and it's like, it takes time. Uh, but watch us build like, you know, and it's been like, I'm going to be as transparent as possible. And like, you know, we're nobodies from nowhere that have just like come together to make an awesome team. Isn't that cool? Like, that's the best part. And that's kind of where I was too, man. Like I'm this nobody. I, none of this was given to me, but I had to figure it out. Right. And so if I can do it, why can't you? And, And it's not just being lucky. It's not, it's hard work. It's being smart with how you spend your time. It's being smart with how you spend your money. You know, and so it's very, very obvious um, what what has your pocketbook and your time has your heart. And I'll, I'll be honest, man, on the flip side, like I poured way too much into becoming successful. Uh, I would say it's probably worth it in the, in the long run, but I sacrifice things in my marriage and with my kids that I can't get back, you know, and that's what's driven this entire thing. And it's never been I want to make 10 million dollars and sit on the beach like God made me a certain way. And if I just go and throw away my gifts and my talents and my money in the ground and bury it, like it's like the talents, the, it's bar- parable of the talents, right? So I've been given these talents to be entrusted to do something with. And that's the mindset I have. And it's, it's hard because when you have people that need you and, you know, from a commercial relationship or, you know, partnership or a business or whatever it is, and then you have kids and your wife and you have obligations and you're a coach and, it's, it's tough. And, and so it really, that's the mindset that I've learned after I sold. And that's unfortunate, but it's, it's true because after I sold, it was like, you know, in some ways, most of the business was working for me. And now I woke up thinking I can do anything today. I'm not working on a deal to sell. I'm not working on a deal to close. What do I want to do? And my wife for the longest time, she'd see me hustling on the phone, doing all this stuff. And then I'd be taking a nap for two hours on the couch. And she's like, what are you doing? You seem like a lost puppy. And, and that's true. Like, if we think about this life and the limited time we have to spend here, we die. It's, it's not about how much money is left in the bank, period, mm. right? Like, what did we do with what we've been given? Legacy. And that leaves the legacy, right? Yeah, so. I'm calling this the legacy chapter. That was well said. I hope we get a clip of that. That was very Bam. well said, Josh. Bam. Um, no, you're exactly right. And, you know, I get, a, I get opportunities to hang out with Carlos and Steve Simonson and, like, some of these OGs in the e-commerce space that are – that are well, they've like had so many wins and successes and are still winning, you know, in a lot of ways. And um, just the most humble guys, um, you know, stuff that like I'm trying to learn now, like I'm trying to learn, you know, what some of them have take, it's taken them years to learn, like, you know, years of success. And they just talk and they pour into me about different things. Um, and I think that's the key is like guys uh, need that. We yeah, do. I don't want to have to be 55 to have to learn like, you know, the value of time and relationship and, and what really matters. And so for me, you know, I think even when you're thinking about maximizing your exit, you just have to really know what you're about. You know, if you're in, if you're, if you're trying to sell something so you can go do something else or like, you know, you just have to know what that is or you'll be lost. Um, you know, and that's something that I've thought about even with exiting my agency. But what I loved that you said is like, we've had to call ourselves agencies. Um, but I'm not really sure that's what we are. You know, we're business consultants in just an area of business that Mm -hmm. has yet to be completely respected. Right. And, but we're running ops, everything from supply chain to creative, to ad and media buying, to product procurement, to, you know, 
relationships and retail or whatever the case might be to tech, you know, we're, we're doing everything in the Amazon, in the Amazon ecosystem. Um, and there's just not really a lot of other business models, I think, that compete or that can compare apples to apples there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to know a little bit of everything to win at, right. in e-commerce, which makes it fun for anyone that's like fun. ADD like me. It's just like, you know, we're doing so many things. Um, but what you said was just so big. And I think that that's what, you know, has drawn me to a lot of the people like you or to this industry, the ones that have excelled that are building and helping others and giving back is that I've learned something that, you know, anyone can have, uh, you know, with enough work ethic and focus and uh, have been able to change lives, not just of the brands we've helped build with, but like employees, the team, my own life, you know, things that I wouldn't have Amazing. learned without the business, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a part of me that's like, wow, you know, I like who Andrew is becoming like, you know, I like me more than I used to like myself. Mm-hmm. And um, wh- where am I going to be if that business is gone? You know, these are the things that have caused me to level up, to be a better brother, to be a better friend, to be a better son, to, you know, to be a better leader, all of those things. This business has kind of helped me forge that by fire. What happens, what happens when that's gone? Uh, maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's part of it. Like it was never for me. It, it was always, I'm pretty, I separate emotion from logic a lot. Right. And so for me, it was like, a means to an end. Like I need to provide for my family. And one way I know how to do that is, is in a business model that provides unlimited upside, right? Yep. Based on how hard I work, based on my, my brain and based on the team and my leadership. Right. So, you know, and, and it didn't, wasn't just me. Like I built, I put people in place around me and I learned on other people's dime along the way, you know, and that's why I was an employee and that's why I worked hard for them because I made those mistakes on their dime. And then I realized I'm going to make mistakes no matter what, but let's just be careful now. And it's, it's quantify our risk but it was never about this is my legacy it was more it was a stepping stone knowing that so recognizing i'm a builder of things right that's i'm becoming the person i want to be now that i was looking at maybe when i was 26 27 starting to have the itch right i love that i'm the person i wanted to be and i don't know if it's still the right person i want to be right it can change it can change, right? But it, it's really about that rhythm and the system in, in life and enjoying life, like finding a place where this life is, is so precious. And, and um, every day, like, yeah, we have a building, we have bills to pay, we have things. And that's why business exists in one hand to, to cover those things, to allow for my family to live. But the impact to see your employees be able to buy their first house or upgrade their car, it's amazing, right? And these are just things. These are just worldly things. But if you think about life, that quality of life raises, it allows you to enjoy life. You don't need money to make a good life. You can be broke, but if you're with family and loved, you can be just fine. But it's about what you do with that. And and so anyway, that's my soapbox, but it's hard. And, and so now I'm like, okay, I'm not going to just give up e-commerce. Like that's how I'm wired. I know that. I think that. So I'm going to stay in it. But I'm only going to do that a few hours a week now. And now I'm building, we're building a, a hard money lending business. It's pretty cool where we're funding 100% of the property purchase and 100% of the rehab. Pretty competitive rates. And, and they become a real estate guy. I've been investing in real estate and properties and doing other things that I like, right? And so that's the piece. Like, am I doing it for me now? No, but it checks all the boxes. I'm providing income. I'm, I'm creating value for my family long term. That generate that generational wealth type of stuff. I'm thinking about it now, you know, and, and doing those things. But sometimes it's at the compromise of, you know, six, eight hours a day of where did my time go today? You know, 
But at the end of the day, um, it's about priorities. Yeah, I think uh, I manage my time pretty well. It's definitely something I've had to learn. And a lot of people around me that aren't in business now, I can tell how they respond to me, react to me, you know, when I'm just like caring about 15 minutes of time, you know, or 30 minutes of time in those increments, you know, but I do. But I have a rule for me that works at least that whenever my time doesn't have a value when I'm with a certain people that mm-hmm. are in my inner circle. So that. when I when I'm in my inner circle, there's no value to the time. Um, but outside of my best friend, outside of my girl, outside of my parents, like, you know, I'm managing my time very carefully. So yeah. it's a switch that, you know, that happens for That's me. That's a great point. Um, everyone great else point. get everyone else is going through that filter. But like if they're inside my inner circle, it's, it's invaluable to me. Um, I love that. And, you know, we're, I'm doing the same thing in regards to like built built a business and legacy. You know, my family was my my why um, we come from, you know, the bottom. And so it was, I felt like I was given the talents, like the opportunity, you know, I found something kind of thing and, uh, okay, this is an opportunity. Um, but then, you know, e-commerce built that and then went into real estate, uh, because, you know, that's how I've just known through was the beginning of time, probably the oldest business model, you know, to, to own real estate, um, and being able to help friends like, you know, in Kansas city, build the home of their dreams, like, and not even in a crazy way, just in a being able to buy the house. And then when we're, when we're finishing it up, we're doing it with their tastes in mind, you know, and those kinds of like fixtures and things like that. It's Mm -hmm. not like a custom home, but it's a custom home. Um, and just like my best friend's face, you know, in his house, his three bedroom house with his daughter that he, you know, he's a single dad and just like how proud he is of it is like, like priceless, you know, it's, it's a priceless thing and it's, it's shelter. It's all those things in one. So I can see why you've, gone into the real estate side and when you're ready to have that talk about Kansas City let me know because we we've been doing some crazy things here you know um but this has been awesome I want to as we round out I think we should give like three tips from you three tips from you on any kind of business whether it's e-commerce we can we can make it e-commerce we can make it Amazon you know but whether it's an Airbnb business property management business I think that there's a lot of similarities um what are three things you think someone should be focused on that's not ready right now, but maybe in like 12 months they're prepping, they're, they want to prepare to maximize, you know, their business exit? Well, read the book for 99 cents. I don't think you can have a bigger ROI. And leave, and leave a review. And leave a review. The book is called Aggregator Navigator. Find it on Amazon. Um, start with that. And it's, it, it is a combination of my story and, and literally specifics about the process I ran, things I'm thinking about after I sold, things that I would never have thought of. Pri- if I, I should have been thinking prior to sell, some of the stuff we've already talked about here, right? So that's why it's important. It's a mindset thing. Um, let me think. You know, I, I think in the world of e-commerce, there are a lot of fires. And so we always have to be putting up fires. There's always things that happen, right? Like your, your account's off. What do you think is the number one thing today to do? It's that. It's how do I get it turned back on, right? So we all have that. But I think in the big picture, let's take away our needs. Let's take away the basics. There's a there's an old proverb, Chinese proverb, if everything is important, nothing's important, right? And so what is important is in the context of where are you going this year? Okay, where are you going this quarter? Where are you going this week, right? And so having that, casting that vision to to be clear on where you're at. If you know you have a brand and you know you plan to sell, you have to start thinking about, let's put a date on that. Let's put a goal on that. And if it doesn't happen, that's okay. We can keep going. So I think that's number two is really starting to think about if you are planning to sell, work through the mechanics of mental preparedness, but also like 
getting into the zone of, of how you think about your business, the steps along the way, right? The processes you have to document, the, the people that you may need to fire to free up, you know, to, to increase your cash flows, um, ways you're spending money and other business expenses that maybe could be stripped down that wouldn't be considered an ad back, you know, whatever that is. So uh, that's two. And then we, three I wanna, is- I want to add something yeah. to that because yeah. I think it's fire. Yeah, yeah. I spoke on this uh, on the online seller cruise with Carlos Alvarez. Um, yeah. I spoke, I was at Prosper too. I'm surprised we haven't linked up, but it was my first time speaking at Prosper. So it was really I missed cool. this last year. Okay. Was, this is was, the one I was at. It was my yep. first one is a big okay. one for me. Um, but I spoke on the online seller cruise. And I spoke on intentionality in your online business. And I think that's what you're really saying here with point number two is like, be intentional at the three month mark, the six month mark, the year mark, where you're trying to go. What's your focus? Is it branding? Is it conversion rate? Is it new product development? Is it leaning out? Is it growth? You know, find out every single area in Amazon from supply chain to creative to, you know, all of it has an ability to be intentional in that area. And if you don't know that area, if you have a strength and you have weaknesses, um, there's so there's talent out there now, you know, it used to have to be us back in the day to figure out all the areas, but now there's like very qualified people that if you just want to focus on what you're great at, there's people you can call in that at least can give you that roadmap, that six month roadmap on what you should be working on for the next six months, what you should be working on for the next 12 months. Um, I think so. And I think the intentionality one step below that then is prioritization, right? So that, that the proverb of everything is important, nothing's important. If listings and conversion rate and paid and traffic and cogs and shipping all are important, then nothing really is important. And we mm. do what we do every day. We chase the tail. Right. So, but if something is very important, you can build out your year plan, which is high level, but that more tactical stuff become in more real time. Those are the things you do this week, this month. Right. But those things build upon potentially, you know, I want to drive sales. Maybe that's the simple goal. Uh, I want to increase, you know, SDE. Well, you have two buckets of that. How do I drive more sales efficiently and how do I reduce expenses? Right. So that's the mindset you might go into. And for me, that's looking at all the PL, looking at the, all the expenses, running your books every month and, and adding your ad backs to it. So you're not surprised when you go, I want to sell. You've been tracking it. You've been watching it grow. You've seen the trends, right? So that's number two. I love it. Um, number three, uh, boy, you know, this is more of a personal thing, but I still feel like it's continuing to follow the thing you're most passionate about and the best at, right? So for me, I'm most passionate about connecting and finding ways to build things together, right? So that's very generic, but that's that's important because if, if your number two is going to lead you to the exit, it's about figuring out who you really are. So if, if I'm doing what I'm passionate about and good at, it's not work. It's never a work in a day in your life type of you know comment. But as cliche as that is, I wake up in the morning and I get to go build the things that I wanted to build. Right. And, and when I build those things, I'm energized by doing it because I'm good at it. And I'm like, this is natural. And so I had to figure that out in Amazon and mine was product development and figuring out and get started, but I wasn't a grinder. So I needed a grinder. So our business really went boom. When I said, I need to stop like just dabbling in new product development. I need to make that a real gear in my machine. And so we, you know, I hired my brother, which is even great because we, we had a side hustle going that grew like crazy. And then I said, Hey, let's go full time. Let's double down. Let's go all in. And I went to a conference. It was about mindset. And, uh, it was the myth, you know, e-myth revisiting mm-hmm. guy. That was a prosper show speaker. And I needed a grinder to do that. Right. So I could work on the business instead of in it. 
So that's the third one, working on instead of in, which is hiring the right people and doing the things you're really the best at, but also allowing, like you mentioned, the best designers to do the design work. Don't leave it to you. I mean, you can do it because you're an entrepreneur. You'll figure it out. But hire the best people knowing that you're not the best, but you can afford it, right? Because you've built your business with margin that way. And margin in your brain also allows for margin in your pockets. That's the big thing. Like filling your mind up with crap uh, every day of all these things, like you need to be able to think and simmer on big ideas and that takes time. So was this, there we go. Is this in the book? Oh yeah. Okay, good. Cause I was like, that sounds like some fire. I'm trying to get in there it's for 99 <laughs> cents. It's a no brainer. It's called yeah, the aggregator navigator navigator. Okay. The ultimate playbook to maximizing the sale of your Amazon brand. I love it. And you guys, he's giving it away for 99 cents. So really the price that, you know, the way to give back is to leave that review. So more people see it. I know that's the Amazon game, but um, if you love it, write a review. And if you don't, don't write a review. Uh, so <laughs> send it to me, send me the notes. Amazon's to me. not yeah. combing my podcast yet. So we're good to go. Um, <laughs> no, but true. this has been Facts. absolutely awesome, Josh. Like, um, you know, we've got actually some clients up in the Minneapolis area. So if we if we ever come up there, you're coming down to Kansas City, we're going to have to link up. Um, oh, dude, for sure. Maybe do some more content together. Like when we can just speak the same language, you got to understand how refreshing it is for me. Um, you know, just getting to talk this game without all of the preface. Yeah, everything, man. you know, it's, absolutely. It's really... Like, oh, let me go back and explain that one thing that we used to have to do back in the day. Right. Yeah, it's so cool. And just the problem solving, you know, that you can really do with high level people. That's why, like, all these masterminds are so so Amazing, awesome right? and why everyone's you know there, there's these clubs and there's these like you know there's the exclusivity to some of them but really when you get with like-minded people and you build together it's it's a whole lot of fun here's uh, what it means uh can't really see it you might be able to see it but on the radio you can't uh it's a tattoo proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. so i got a big shield with two blades going across and it's as iron sharpens iron one man sharpens another and that is biblical talking about what we're doing right now that you and I guys together can build each other up and we can become tougher and stronger. And that's also meaning in personal relationships, like being vulnerable and being real. Right. So, so anyway, that's, that's my soapbox. No, stuff, I love man. it. It's not a soapbox at all. It's just, it's absolute fire um, coming from the scripture, but it applies uh, as at, old scripture applies relevant today. Right. It's just, I have scripture all over my body. Things, a lot of messages about fear, um, you know, and overcoming them and smothering them and the scriptures full of them, you know, full of yeah, promises. Man. Fear and, uh, is a liar. Yep. It's been going 100%. on a lot in our world, you know, um, whether you're religious or Well, we or just not. added another thing to talk about, man. This has been, this has been a blast, but yeah, come see our facility in, in Minnesota and, you know, love to talk. I'm sure there's partnership opportunities with your clients as well. A hundred percent. We'll link up to this. Thanks everybody for listening. And once again, a big thank you to today's episode sponsor Canva. With Canva, you can work together from wherever. Get on the same page as your team with seamless real-time collaboration. What you design today, explore and start designing for free at canva.com. Josh, it's been a pleasure. Hustlers, we'll see you next time. Thanks, man. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.